Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 264 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the planner, planning, planner nerd creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadeboe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. It's just me today. It's just me talking at ya. I'm going to talk about the magic of being a kick-ass planner nerd because that's me. I know so many of you are planner nerds and I did not know what theme I was going to do in November. I kind of just left it up to the universe. I just stayed open and I woke up a couple of days ago with a smile on my face going, I know what it will be. We're going to talk all month about being a planner nerd. And uh, the author of the book, Moonology, Yasmin Bolin, is coming on next Tuesday to talk about planning your life according to the phases of the moon, um, planning your manifestations. And uh, that's what that book is all about. And that's what she's going to talk about. So we're going to get magical with it. Today, we're just going to get sort of practical I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try to throw some woo-woo stuff in there, but this is just straight up get shit done. <laughs> Planner nerd podcast. Uh, before I get into that, though, I have to tell you something that is pressing in on me. It wants my attention, so I'm going to give it attention. And that is this. Women friends. Uh, I did a live Q&A with the women who did the Queen program, the first run of the Queen program on Saturday. And the conversation got very lively around the subject of making friends as a grown-up, as a grown woman, and how challenging that is. And that is something that people write to me about all the time, often long, windy, they feel to me, I can't see their faces, but when I'm reading them, they feel teary-eyed, like... There's, I think, maybe an epidemic of loneliness. We don't know how to reach out to each other and connect as friends. And so we had this really interesting talk about that. And then all of these, well, I was thinking about it. I kept thinking about it after the talk and being like, I wonder if I should do a podcast episode on that or if I should like flesh out that part of the queen course more, emphasize it more. And then all of these synchronicities kept popping up. I had, uh, I got another one of those long messages about like, ah, help, I, I need to make friends, I can't make friends, that, that kind of thing. And um, I had a couple of women reach out to me to connect to make friends. I stumbled on Twitter about this article about witches and friends, and I was just like, okay, fine, we will be talking about this. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. And I'm mentioning it because in the context of being a planner nerd, people are already busting out their planners and thinking about 2018, which I totally understand because I'm one of those people. I, I use my fall to plan the year ahead usually. So if you're wanting a theme for 2018, 
2018. If you want to make 2018 the year of the queen, if you're a woman, I'm going to be running the program again for the new year. And uh, I'll probably end up doing like an early bird Thanksgiving special for the last week of the month here. So heads up, I will be talking about queen stuff. And uh, the one of the best years of my life ever, ever was 2016, the year of the queen. So um, I'm really excited to relaunch this. I've gotten a lot of people writing me like, when are you going to do it again? And when can I sign up? Soon, soon, at the end of Thanksgiving. So if you want to like put that on, not the end of Thanksgiving, but at the end of the month around Thanksgiving is when I will be launching it. And if you want to save money, um, I'm certain I will be doing some kind of special for that holiday week. So if you want to plan for that, if you want to put it on your calendar, I'm telling you right now, it's happening. <laughs> and, and we'll be doing a special emphasis this round on female friendships. Uh, but as for today, I had two quotes in my head or two sayings that are very common and I've been like ping-ponging them around and they, they're this, just let me tell you what they are. Two cliches that are repeated again and again and again. One is, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right? <laughs> and the other is, want to make God laugh? Tell her your plans. I'm going to say both are true. They completely contradict each other, and yet they are both true. And I know this as a long-standing planner nerd. If you don't know what I'm saying when I'm saying planner nerd, I mean someone who lives by their date book. And people have gotten so uh, elaborate with uh, bullet journaling is really, really popular. I have not gotten on the bullet journaling track, I think because it's a very creative thing. It's very, it looks very time consuming to me and I like to focus my creative energy elsewhere. But people have a lot of fun with their bullet planners and then every year it seems like new People are coming out with their their awesome new planner and it's just, <laughs> it's kind of like tarot. It's like, there's all these new tarot decks. Every time I turn around, planners are like that as well. Uh, but one thing has remained the same and that is my love of planning. And I have a system that I have honed throughout the years. So I might try other people's ideas on here and there. Um, but if something works... I stick to it. There are aspects of my planning system that I've used for over a decade easily. And uh, one that has revolutionized my life this year that I am definitely going to be hanging with for a very long time. You might have heard me talk about already. I did a video called, I don't know what it was called, something about Saturn, working with Saturn in the 12-week year. So if you missed that video, I will just say the Cliff Notes version is I have been working with Saturn as an archetype, uh, an, an idea that of guidance, kind of, a guiding idea. And I've been doing that since last summer. It's, I think I'm coming up on like a year and a half of, of working with Saturn as a guide and what I find when you really like focus on a guide like that, it starts working with you through synchronicity, right? And so I feel that um, 
Fiona Benjamin, I think, mentioned this, or she did a she did a blog post on the twelve week year, and it just caught my eye, and I I experienced it as oh, this is a message from Saturn because I see a lot of book recommendations, I see a lot of personal development planner kind of things because I'm in that arena, but rarely does something jump out at me and I'm like literally buying it within seconds. And I was ordering that book within seconds of it really just seeing the title, the 12 week year, because it is what it says. And it was so appealing and interesting to me. And I started working with it right away. Uh, a 12 week year is exactly what it sounds like. It is instead of having a 12 month year in a 12 week year, Every week is a month. So it's a very concentrated way of focusing your energy and getting shit done. And I think the main reason for working with the 12-week year is that people kind of choose these like random, arbitrary, flabby <laughs> New Year resolutions at the beginning of the year and they can be very gung-ho about it, like your gym is always like super filled on January, and then by February there are less people, and by March it's like back to normal again before bikini season starts, and then it's filled up again, you know? <laughs> but um, people's goals uh, over the course of an entire year, they can really lose, they can lose their oomph, they lose their juice, and so a year for many of us can be too long, and also it's just... It encourages you to make these long New Year resolutions that are, they just sort of fall off your radar. I don't even want to say they're hard to fulfill. We just can't focus on all of that, especially if you make like a long list of New Year resolutions. Or even if you just make one goal, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. It's like, well, how are you going to sustain that goal throughout the course of a year? Whereas if you break it down into a 12-week year, every single day counts. And then this book outlines systems of measurement. So whether you want to do the 12-week year or not, what I'm going to talk about today, I think, is going to be helpful. <laughs> it's about just planning. I want to talk about planning your life and how it is true that if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That's true. But also if you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. That's also true. So there's like a, a sweet spot. And planning is about management, managing your time, managing your life, managing your relationships, uh, managing your energy, which can be really important for, I know a lot of my listeners who have health issues and they have a limited amount of energy. I think if you're one of those people, if you have a chronic illness in which you're dealing with a lot of pain or just a lot of fatigue issues, I feel like planning is all the more important for you and that you can still get a lot done in the, that window of time where you do have some energy. Uh the word management too, <laughs> I, I went over to see what man, like the etymology of the word manage is because I was just curious. I was just curious, like, what does it mean to manage something? <laughs> uh, and so I cut and pasted the little, I think it's from etymology.com, maybe the etymology dictionary. I don't know. Sorry. I, 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 don't <laughs> I cut and pasted it and now I, I don't have a link, but it, uh, it said this. 
1560s, like that's where it originated, the 1560s, probably from Italian Maneggiere. I don't know how to say that word. M-A-N-E-G-G-I-A-R-E, to handle, especially to control a horse. (laughs) Surprise! Uh, To handle, especially to control a horse, ultimately from a Latin noun, manus hand um influenced by french menage horsemanship horsemanship right when i read this i immediately thought of something i've talked a lot about someone just wrote to me going where where were you last talking about that it was in that saturn video and that is this the chariot card in the tarot this has become this has become a kind of guide for me there are certain tarot cards I don't know if all tarot readers, all people that use tarot in their personal practice like I do have this experience, but I find certain tarot cards end up kind of coming forward as a guide as well. They have like a daily meaning almost in my life. I think about them a lot and the chariot card is one of those cards. So I'm going to repeat something I've repeated many times in this context of the idea of management and how like the etymology of this word has to do with horses because in the chariot card, you have the charioteer, he is riding the chariot and there are two horses, a black horse and a white horse. And I see him, his task or her as the case may be, is to get those two horses going in the same direction So they don't either tear him apart or send him in circles, crash the carts, whatever it may be, you know. And I think especially in today's climate of, I don't know, things are just going so fast and it's information overload. We often have many horses, (laughs) like we've got more horses than Santa has reindeer, like all of these parts of ourselves that want to go like running off in this direction and oh, oh, this direction and oh my God, oh my God, that thing, oh, 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 shiny, sparkly, squirrel, like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, horses, whoa. So the job of the charioteer, the job of the the chariot is to bring the two or more horses together so you can go forward. And that is what management is about. It's managing your energy. It's managing your thoughts. It's managing your time. And so that to me is what being a planner nerd is all about. And this applies if you're managing your health or fitness an anxiety disorder, a weight loss program, your money, your career, your education, your relationships, your family dynamic, especially a special creative project. In every one of these cases, the best planning is going to come down to what you are focusing on. So here's the big hot tip of this entire episode. It is very much inspired by the 12-week year, and it is this. Focus, picture this in all caps, focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can control. You can't really control the results of of what you're planning for, really, not entirely because of that weird magical X factor, (laughs) God, the universe, other people's intentions, like... 
you, it can get tricky when you when you, all of your focus is on trying to control the results. You can't really control the way your work or your creation or even you yourself is going to be received uh, by other people, for example, or by such and such industry, for example. So um, that would be an outcome-focused mindset. You're focused on the outcome. So instead of focusing on the outcome, if you switch your focus to the output, which is something you do have control over, you're going to be in much better shape. And ironically, you most likely are going to experience a better outcome, (laughs) greater results. So this is something that I understand, I think, very well on a spiritual level and in terms of my career. And I've just learned this from trial and error and so much failure over time. (laughs) Uh, But again, this is something that's mentioned and focused on in the 12-week year. So maybe that's why this book resonates so strongly with me. But there, um, there are two things, two things you can control. One, your thoughts. And by extension, your feelings and the meaning you assign to things. But that all comes down to your thoughts. Two, your actions, which include your reactions. Uh, I was just, I did a Patreon podcast recently called Bless This Mess. And I was talking about this one day where I just kept getting thrown all of these curveballs. And I was like, ah! And uh, the vortex, if you don't know, is just a bit of law of attraction terminology. It basically means being in the flow, being in your happy place, and and the momentum that that creates. Like, uh, so I kept getting knocked out of the vortex and getting back in and knocked out and getting back in. And it was kind of a hot mess. Uh, But I managed to keep getting back into a place of feeling blessed and, and feeling joy. So it was very... It was like an obstacle course, a spiritual challenge of a day. <laughs> so I had fun talking about that uh, on Patreon. But there was this point, uh, I don't even remember exactly what I was talking about. I was talking about though playing ball with the universe. Like the universe throws you a curveball and... You know, you think you're just going along in your day. You're feeling pretty great. And then all of a sudden something arrives that like, like rips you out of the vortex, you know, and really freaks you out, gets your adrenaline going a little bit. This is one thing you have control over. So you can catch the ball (laughs) and be like, aha, all right, I see you there, universe. I see, I see. Okay. And then you can throw the ball back (laughs) and, and stay in the game. Or you, you can like drop the ball like a hot potato or carry it around the room freaking out like, oh my God, a ball, a ball, what am I going to do with this ball? You can like totally go in like panic freak out mode. Those are two choices. Those, and those are choices that perhaps with a bit of practice, if, if you haven't practiced, it might be weird for you in the beginning, but you really do have control over not the fact that this random curveball just came your way and just, you know, put a wrench in your day, but you do have control over your reactions. So the two things you can control are your thoughts and your actions. The way I manage number one, your thoughts, 
uh, I do a lot of things. <laughs> I do a lot of things because like I said, your thoughts, you can control what you're focusing your thoughts on to a very large degree. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And thought leads to emotion and feeling and, um, you can choose what kind of meaning you're going to assign to things. And, and so it's really an all-day practice for me. I have many different ways that I manage my thoughts. But one thing I do that involves my date book is I pick a tarot card in the morning. Every morning. I do it when I'm still laying in bed, before I get up to pee, <laughs> before I do anything. I keep my tarot deck next to me on the nightstand. Sometimes I do this in the dark. I don't even turn the light on. I just shuffle uh, I get into a place of pronoia, so I'm going to ask what card, I just usually do a one card draw in the morning, and I say, what message do I need to keep in mind to have a really joyful day, or to stay in gratitude, or just to have an awesome day, or, you know, or if there's something kind of frightening coming up on my schedule that day, you know, to like really kick ass, whatever it is. But it's always with a positive mindset, like what do I need to keep in mind to really like be the master of this day? <laughs> and then I pick my card. And um, it isn't, you know, it isn't all like fluffy, bunny, airy, fairy, love and light. I refuse to see the dark side of things. It's just that. I want to manage my day from a place of empowerment. So I could pick a tower card that day and I'd be like, oh, whoa, okay. So <laughs> keep, keep your eyes peeled for that, Joe. Like some structures might be falling apart. Something might fall apart. Something dramatic might happen. And it just gives me a little moment of like, okay, so be prepared for that. That might happen today. Uh, a good example is... Uh, Recently here, I was talking about how I kept pulling the death card. And I feel like it had run its course. I have had dealt with, you know, whatever deaths, whatever things I needed to release. I did a lot of that work around Samhain and all. You know, I just releasing that which no longer serves. Letting things die that no longer serve. Doing rituals around that. And uh, so I felt like it had really run its course. So it surprised me a few days into November when I pulled the, the death card again. And I was like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> like, I, I got nothing. Like, really? Again? I, okay, so then I just kind of kept my mind open. Like, all right, fine. I'm just going to see. I'll check back in at the end of the day with this and see how it manifested in my day. Well, funny enough, my air conditioning in my car died <laughs> that day. <laughs> so sometimes tarot can be a little bit funny like that. Um, but the point is, that is something I do to direct my thoughts in the morning and kind of put myself in the driver's seat and work in in this co-creative way with the universe. You know, like, okay, universe, what balls are you going to throw at me today? And it gives me like a little heads up for how to deal with it, if that makes sense. Lately, not every day, um, but more days than not, instead of, I love to start my day with Twitter, but we had some really, we still kind of do, but for like a week or so, it got really hairy on Twitter with all of the allegations around the Me Too phenomenon and 
uh, some really crazy shit coming down the pipeline with uh, these indictments around the Russia problem that that our, our former election seemed to have and the investigation into that. And people were just getting very, very angry. And it was filling up my feed. And I noticed it started affecting me. So I chose for a lot of days in a row, and I've kind of kept it up since then, um, just off and on, depending on how I feel in the day. But instead of going on the computer in the morning, uh, I sit with a magazine <laughs> and it's been so freeing because kind of like I was saying about all the different horses pulling you in the different direction, there's like this little itch in the brain that happens when you're on social media, for example, and you can just like click around and check your email or go check your Instagram or go check your Facebook or you're clicking on this article and then this thing happens and it's like, whoa, wild horses in every direction. Oh my God. <laughs> and I found, uh, I was a big magazine lover forever. Like, um, it was a problem. I hoarded magazines. I had so many cause I started, I think I was in like fifth grade when my passion for magazines started. So there's something about a magazine that feels so me and nostalgic so I do have that connection with them but also a magazine is like one thing at a time there's no clicking around you're just reading that one article and uh I have found Oprah Queen Oprah I don't care if this makes me a nerd her magazine oh magazine she has some amazing columnists in there um Elizabeth Gilbert Martha Beck Glennon Doyle like women that have these super profound insights and it's so nice to start my day. They're really powerful writers. They suck you in. So it's not preachy. It's often dosed with a lot of humor. And I'm like starting my day laughing and reading something inspiring. There's often crying because it's very, you know, it's Oprah. <laughs> it's Oprah. <laughs> uh, but it's very, it's like church in the morning. It feels like going to church. And then I can go on Twitter and I'm in a very, and I'm in my happy place. So that's, I don't know how that fits in with a planner nerd, but it's consciously choosing my thoughts. Um, in terms of the day's plans, like how I schedule out my day, and this could be to maybe, I don't know if, if a bullet journaler could do this. I was going to say maybe that's why bulletproofing, bulletproofing, <laughs> bullet journaling doesn't work for me, but I still use something I've used for over a decade. It's called an unschedule. So I do write down if I have a coaching call at three, I don't want to miss it. So I will write that down. Or if my son has a doctor's appointment, like appointments get written down, but everything else is just written on a post-it note. I use like brightly colored sticky post-its and I, and I put it on the page next to the day I'm working on. And then I only get to write things down and I say, get to, I only get to write things down after they're done. And because... I'm very girly. I use like pink and turquoise and purple ink and there is a reward sensation that lights up in my brain just getting to write it down. Actually just writing it down after it's done. So that is one of the ways again that I stay ahead of myself. <laughs> so because I found in the past when I would write down the things that I had to do, if I didn't get them all done because I was lazy or I was procrastinating or I was just too busy or there were too many things or life happened, lots of curveballs that day, I would feel bad about myself. 
I noticed it was diminishing my self-esteem. And I, I might, it might be longer than 10 years that I've been doing the unschedule. It's been a very long time. Um, and it was magical when I switched over to the unschedule because it does the exact opposite. It builds your self-esteem. So, and it, and it starts, that's contagious. It's like I was saying about the vortex. You're in the flow and there's a momentum to it. So every time I get to write something down in my book, it's like, oh, what else can I write down? <laughs> so that kind of ties into both of the two things you can control, your thoughts and your actions. And in this case, your thoughts are leading to your emotions and your emotions are leading to action. Because when you're feeling good, you want to be like, ooh, how can I do more of that to feel even better? So that really keeps me on task and in flow. So, the whoops, sorry, bumped I'm apologizing to you like you're sitting right here with me. <laughs> I bumped my pop filter again. Uh, so that's an old school thing I have been doing for over a decade, the unschedule. Now I'm combining it. Many things have been added over the years, but the big fat one is the 12-week year. And something I want to emphasize in this is what I said already about things in your control, but the way it's worded in this book is lead indicators versus lag indicators. So lead indicators are the actions you take. They're the, the strategy steps that you are going to take. Most people, when they plan, they plan, or like especially when they're setting New Year resolutions, uh, they write down lag indicators. So lag indicators are your results. It's... Uh, like I said, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to marry my soulmate, even though I'm not even dating anybody right now. <laughs> you know, we, we write these goals down and then we don't really plan for how to make them happen. And then we're disappointed and let down when we're, we feel like we're failing ourselves. When you switch your focus from being results oriented, focused on the lag indicators to being focused on the lead indicators, the actions you're going to take, it's magical. It is magical because you're focusing on the things that you can control, the things you have control over. Lag, lag indicators, results are important too because that is how you measure whether or not your efforts are working. There's this great quote by Bob Proctor that I wrote across the front of my uh, 12-week year book. <laughs> yes, I write on my books. Nothing is precious. <laughs> Actually, it makes it more precious when I personalize it like that. But in purple ink, in big purple ink, I wrote, your results tell the truth. Your bank account tells the truth. The health of your body tells the truth. So lag indicators tell the truth on whether or not your lead indicators are working. So you're going to focus, if you'd like this idea, you would focus on the lead indicators for a time, but then you check in with yourself regularly. I do it on a weekly basis. That's what the book recommends, and that what, that's what works for me. Um, so you're focusing on your area of control, what you can control, your thoughts, your actions, things like that, but then you're checking in with yourself to see what kind of results you are getting. That's how you measure whether or not your efforts are working. And this applies even on a woo-woo level. I told you I would figure out how to sneak some woo-woo in here, and I think I just figured it out. 
<laughs> so like, if you're trying to manage your shitty attitude and you've chosen to focus on using a certain positive affirmation, you know, every time something triggers that shitty attitude, you say in your head to yourself, I will not have a shitty attitude. I will not have a shitty attitude. I will not have a shitty attitude. If you keep that up for a couple of weeks, you're very faithful with it. You've planned that that's how you're going to respond every single time something triggers you that way. And you've done an awesome job. You've repeated that affirmation over and over and over again. I will not have a shitty attitude. <laughs> if you keep that up for a couple of weeks and you still have a shitty attitude, you might want to reassess the plan and choose some new lead indicators, a new lead indicator. So maybe a gratitude practice every morning when you first wake up will yield better results. So then you're like, okay, so that affirmation isn't working for me. Let's try something else. And maybe you keep a gratitude list in the morning. So you write down three things you're grateful for in the morning. You do that very faithfully for a couple of weeks and then you check in again with the lag indicators to see if it's working. And you're like, hey, yes, I do seem to have less of a shitty attitude. <laughs> what else can I do? What, you know, and it has that positive momentum. Our actions, the things in your control, number one, your thoughts, number two, your actions, your actions can be very, very tricky. I have found getting yourself to act on big goals and big dreams. It can be like this whole, uh, ooh, I was going to swear again. And now all I can think of is the swear word. I'm going to swear. Cover your ears. Cover thine sensitive ears. It can be a mind fuck <laughs> trying to get yourself to take action. <laughs> um, it's all cool when you're like planning how you're going to take action and all these things and you're strategizing. And then like the day happens. I'm watching this happen right now in live time with NaNoWriteMo. Um, National Novel Writing Month. For those of you who don't know, that's what NaNoWriteMo is. It happens every November and people come out, they crawl out from the wood woodwork. There are thousands and thousands of people who are either writers or people who fantasize about being writers or people who just think it would be cool to write a novel sometimes. And a big group of people does NaNoWriteMo. And it's really fun to look at the hashtag every day because a lot of it's complaining. But in, because they're writers, it's like the funniest complaining ever. <laughs> it really cracks you up. But you start seeing people falling behind and then they're beating up on themselves and they're getting mad at themselves because they're not following through. They're not taking action. There's tons of procrastination posts about, and they're always funny, <laughs> the different ways that people are procrastinating, you know, like they meant to write, but then they decided to make a hot fudge sundae and binge on Netflix. And it just, um, I don't think that that's specific to writers. Writers just have a funny way of framing it. <laughs> uh, so I, I will say one thing from NaNoWriteMo that is very much in alignment with something I've done for years. But as a writer, I am doing NaNoWriteMo this year because I, uh, and as part of my 12-week year plan. This was part of the current 12-week year I'm planning on. I planned to do NaNoWriteMo in November. Uh, and my lead indicator is to write a minimum of 2,000 words a day. And for me, I'm doing it to get get back in the flow of writing for hours every day. <laughs> uh, 
I write every single day anyway. I'm always writing something, a blog post, a newsletter, a program I'm creating, an ebook. I'm writing all the time, but my personal dream is to write fiction and movies, get back into making movies and all of that stuff, um, and to somehow combine this online business I've created and my dream of having a career as a writer. So I'm taking that very seriously, but I'm really just using NaNoWriteMo as a way to get back in in the routine of it. And uh, one thing that I have found to be amazing is something called Word Sprints. And this ties into something I've done for years regarding all areas of my life. And again, you might have heard me talk about this before, but it's like a standby that I've been using for years and years and years. I, I have an egg timer. Mine is very pretty. It's bright yellow from Anthropology, but any old timer will do. The timer on your phone works just as well. And when I have something that I don't want to do, and there's a lot of things that I don't want to do that I have to do to keep, you know, juggling all the balls in the air <laughs> for like all of the things for my son. I have a special needs adult. If you don't know, my son has autism and I am responsible for so much, <laughs> so much. If you have a special needs person that you take care of, uh, you're probably like laugh crying with me because dealing with all the different like government agencies and health stuff and it's just a lot of paperwork and phone calls and really none of it's fun. Um, so there's that and then running my own business and, and then just the usual life things that we all have. There's a lot of tasks that I don't want to do. So I use my egg timer and I say for 30 minutes, I'm going to sit here filling out this paperwork, uh, or doing whatever the scary thing is that I don't, it's whatever it is, whatever it is I don't want to do. And then when the timer's done, I'm going to get up and party. <laughs> so sometimes I set rewards for myself. I'm going to take a bath or, uh, I'm going to go outside and pet my cats or I'm going to whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and sometimes I find when the timer goes off, I'm so in what I'm doing that I just keep going. I just keep going. It reminds me of, I, I don't know who to attribute this quote to. It's been so memed to death. I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, whatever you can do or dream, you can do or dream, whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And I think the key there is the word begin. I think many of the, almost all of the times that we can't get ourselves into action, it's just, we just can't begin. And once you begin, you're in and you're going. So the timer goes off and you're still going, right? Um, so that happens a lot. And I use my timer. I drag that timer around with me everywhere all over my house. I use it for all different things. Um, I'll even use it if I really don't want to do the dishes. I'll be like, I'm going to do dishes for 10 minutes. When the timer goes off, I'm going to stop. And it doesn't matter if the dishes are done. I'm just going to break the seal. The timer goes off and then I always finish because I'm there. And I'm in the flow of it finally. Well, a word sprint in NaNoWriteMo is the same thing. I've been doing 30-minute word sprints, and when I really don't feel like it, I do 15-minute word sprints, and I just sit there. I set the timer on my phone for these, actually, um, because it's a less jarring, it's a more gentle alarm, so if I want to keep writing, it doesn't like, woo, scare the crap out of me, but... Um, if I really don't want to, if I don't feel like it, I'll just do 15 minutes, 
And it's amazing how this works. Uh, I'll just sit there. I'll have no idea what I'm going to write. I feel kind of stuck. I feel in resistance. So I just start writing about that. Like, oh, God, I don't want to be doing this, but here I am again. I've set the timer. I need to get my words in. Okay, so what is the issue? What is this character doing right now? Like, what should they do next? And then before I know it, I'm writing. I'm writing. And then the timer goes off, and I typically keep writing. <laughs> and and I've surpassed my goal every day. So um, it, it's the beginning. It's the beginning that is really so key to your actions. And then once it's done, speaking of being a planner nerd, I get to go into my planner and I get to write like, yay, 2,846 words for today. And I get to write, yay, I did the paperwork or whatever the thing is. And then I get to fill my planner up like that, moving through resistance, having a plan in place for moving through resistance is a way to bridge what I was saying at the beginning. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? But then if you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. Um, this bridges that and allows you to take into account that weird magical X factor and your own resistance and keep yourself in motion and keep yourself focused on those lead indicators, the things that you can control. One last tip is another thing I mentioned in that video, and it's Mel Robbins' five-second rule. I think that's the name of her book. Mel Robbins, you can find the TED Talk she did on the five-second rule, which like really launched her whole career on a whole nother level, and I think made that book possible. Um, this woman is hilarious. She can talk her ass off. She's the most entertaining woman ever in the whole wide world. She's so smart and funny and just highly entertaining. I recommend getting her audiobook version. I would not say this <laughs> about every audiobook because some of them are hard to listen to, but hers is not. The five-second rule. And um, spoiler alert, it's exactly what it sounds like. Just like the 12-week year is, the five-second rule is just that. It's so simple. It's, I feel in resistance. I don't want to do this thing. So I'm going to launch myself into it like a rocket. Five, four, three, two, one, and I'm doing the dishes. Five, four, three, two, one, and I'm writing for 15 minutes. I have just found this to be a very helpful tool and even though it's simple like that, even though the title says it all, I really love the, the audiobook because she just has a way of encouraging you, using lots of different examples of how this works, telling you why it works. She gets into the science of it and the psychology of it, which I always find interesting and validating. And But really, all the validation you need is... Try it out. And if it works for you, awesome. <laughs> Add it to the repertoire. <laughs> so that is my big long ramble on being a planner nerd to introduce the month of talking about planner nerd things. Uh, I can tell you my videos are almost exclusively going to be playing catch up this month. I have a lot of vlog footage. I'm starting a new series called Hashtag Witch Unplugged because <laughs> I'm letting the mega vlogs go. They've just gotten too out of hand and it takes up so much time. And in doing the 12-week year, something that happens, because a 12-week year is very, very condensed, it really gets you into the mindset of something called essentialism. 
you start only focusing on what is truly essential to you and it really gets your priorities straight. So it's helped me so much in terms of being able to be like, okay, I have been paying, playing lip service to, to wanting to get back on track with my writing career, which I had, which I made money doing like all through my late 20s and 30s. Like what has happened? I want it back. I've been trying to figure out how to do both my business and this for a long time now. I've been talking about it for a long time and I've been trying to figure it out, um, but I didn't have a really good plan for how to make that happen. And in doing this 12-week year system, I started seeing why. <laughs> it's like, because you are trying to do all these things that are fun and cool, other people enjoy them, they, they get a lot of traffic, but it's not really ultimately serving your top priorities. Like you have made things that are lower on the priority list above things that, you know, if you go to your deathbed having not accomplished, you're going to regret. So that is why I chose to let the mega vlog, for example, go and to just loosen up my whole schedule so I could actually harness my planner nerd energy and focus it on getting these two wild horses going in the same direction as the chariot. Oh my god, the metaphors, the metaphors. I got the black horse, which is the riding career, and the white horse, which is all things kick-ass switch, and I want them to run together so I can create the kick-ass life of my drinks. <laughs> I hope you all are enjoying your November so far and that you enjoyed this episode. Tune in next week to hear an interview with the very lovely Yasmin Boland of Moonology. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.